Yeah. Cash flow on the beat, 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 beat. I like that beat, man. That shit just it it's different. <laughs> it really is. Like I wanted to song. So <laughs> we back, y'all. Cocktails conversations. Yeah, yeah. Um every now and then we just walk to the studio as we're talking. And <laughs> we ain't have no subject today, so we just talk talking. So hey, y'all with us to do. So, welcome back. We've got it last time. This is Yusuf. This is Tim Nuba. Our <laughs> grew up in here. Yeah, it's Dark shining light. Yes, it's darkness, baby. Darkness, everybody. You don't get that as a sound bite. Darkness. <laughs> and then I'm gonna get. I'm gonna figure out what's my sound bite. My, my nickname for the most part was always Dumbo. <laughs> <laughs> and these big ass ears. Mommy's like, boy, you finally grew into your ears. <laughs> I'm like, mom, how you gonna disrespect your own child like that? Like, see, I never grew into these big lips. <laughs> they just got popular. My wife was like, ooh, you the one. <laughs> Man, what about this? <laughs> I want to say something. <laughs> Your wife. Oh, she's. Oh, you the one. You the one for me, baby. Yeah. What the world? You chose me. Yes, for your lips only. <laughs> for your lips only, baby. That is it. Speaking of lips, uh, <laughs> let's talk about this freak dick thing coming out. Oh, man. A lot of lips showing. <laughs> oh, gosh. We hear a free conversation today. So, um, yeah. Freak Nick. Freak Nick, Freak Nick, this Freak, Freak Nick. Nick documentary coming out. By the time y'all hear this, it's here. Uh, well, I don't know. Actually, uh, no. Actually, the thing is, I don't even know if it's actually been started. Man, look, it's been plenty of documentaries, but but it, it's funny because both of us are, are Atlanta natives. A T L A N T A aliens or A T L something like that. One of the So for those of you who was bred here. Monkey fed. <laughs> but those of you who growed here, mm. <laughs> Grady babies, you remember Freak Nick, whether you participated, whether you were stuck in the car with your mom or dad or miscellaneous, and your innocence was taken <laughs> right there. <laughs> Freak Nick, right before like, your eyes. <laughs> Freak Nick reminded me of like the blizzard of 96 or the blizzard when the snow hits. It's like when you knew it was coming to town. Go shopping in the, the few days before. Hey, your ass is not going out that weekend. Yeah, that's right. And you, you probably have a whole bunch of men. Those right, we gotta go to the store, baby. <laughs> you ain't going nowhere. Sit down. See, I was too young to participate. And by the time I was old enough to hang out with my my friends, you know, gone. We we were in high school. You know, young. My god brother, shout out uh, to Gregory Jadon. We we drive out there. We parking lot pimp man. Look, he look. He was tall enough to look like. He <laughs> but look, uh, man, it, it went down in Atlanta, man. Look, it, it's it, it, the funny part is there's no documentary that can really show you you had to be there. And uh, <laughs> so you know what? Because we ne- this is just literally again. We just in the studio talking. We decided to record this. I'll get to do something that I have not been able to do. What's that? I get to talk about Freak Nick. Oh. The story behind Freak Nick. <laughs> I right, And the reason why there. I love my daddy so much. Uh-huh. So my father, I'm only going to get parts of it because you need to get him on and get his actual parts of it. <laughs> and this is what I remember. So my father, shout out to my dad, Stephen Muhammad. And matter of fact, I'm going to put this 
up on cocktail and conversation. I'm gonna put these articles. We wouldn't have found articles. My father is the reason almost why they ride at Green Bar Mall that year. What? Oh man, <laughs> this got juicy. Right, what? right. So my father, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give parts of this because it's parts I I have not haven't signed the NDA yet. Tune in for more. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get him on here. So when we get him on here, I'm gonna, I I get to be quiet that day because I've heard all these stories, and I'm gonna let Tim ask questions. Oh yeah, I, I can't I can't wait to get this one. So we probably. About a week, probably next week. I'm gonna try to get them on for next week's show. Look, it's a lot of aunties and uncles scared of this documentary, man. Oh <laughs> man, but my father's not on the that side of the documentary. My uh, father will be on the side of what happened behind the scenes. What you, if you think you know, you don't know type stuff. Yeah. So he was the he was organizing, um, Freak Nick. He was trying to when they were trying to. I would say berate the students, make some acting, get them out the streets. But his idea was to create an atmosphere that they can get out of the streets and do something. Mm -hmm. So if y'all remember the Civic Center, mm -hmm. my father set up a concert for a concert to help happen over at the Civic Center in the park line in the back. Okay. And he had some artists that were coming. However, the day of the concert, when everyone's lined up, they come out and tell him, you can't do it. Oh. It's over. Everyone has to leave. So now you have all these thousands of children waiting for a concert. Yeah. They all decide we're going to go. I don't know how. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't know that part. But the majority of them children left, came out to the Green Bar because Green Bar was a happening spot. Man. Boom. That's the little tidbit uh, keys. Man. I can drop, a, I can drop a whole bunch more that happened in between it, but I'm going to let my father do it. Man, they tow green brow up. <laughs> they tow it down. <laughs> so it's stuff like that that, man, I, when, when I sit down, when my father gets to come on the show, it's going to be a <laughs> bunch of stories behind stories that he'll be able to tell you. I'll be like, man. And I know all this stuff growing up, so it's funny that, Again, man, I was talking about other, 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 excuse me, let me clear my throat. <laughs> let me clear my throat. Um, on the other episode, I was talking about my uncles and people I know and the stories behind stories. And it's so many things that people were doing growing up that yeah. I never just, I never, you know, again, that's just uncle such and such. Yeah. And you look up now, you get older. It's like, damn, damn, uncle. So that's Mister Such and Such exactly. to everybody else. Exactly. So it's a bunch of little small stories that I would love for him, and I'm gonna have all those people on as guests at different points, and they'll be able to tell stories that if you knew, like the biggest story, and I can't tell it, so I'm gonna wait till it comes out. The biggest story is how we got. The Olympics for the city of Atlanta. Yeah, I can't wait to hear that. One, man. <laughs> I can't wait because a lot of people take credit for things, and a lot of people think they know the story behind stuff. They don't know at all. They don't. And it's funny because all of these things made Atlanta what it is. You mm -hmm. know, made people want to. It's funny because my um, <laughs> what was that? Uh, Keila Soprano. Shout out. 
Yeah. He's like, people are trying to get to the Atlanta that's gone. <laughs> right. Atlanta, they, they trying to move in. It's gone. Atlanta, that's it's Atlanta gone. 15 years ago. I'm telling you. And it's it's funny because black culture is what made Atlanta what it is, you know? It, it's, it, you take black culture out of Atlanta, you don't have the Atlanta that you know. And there's been so much that's been done to take the black element out of Atlanta. And it doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, people come here to experience the city. And it's almost like if you were to go to Mexico and Germany take over Mexico, you ain't in Mexico no more. No, you're not. <laughs> Everybody no. speak German. There are no more Mexicans. It's like, okay, this is not Mexico anymore. And it feels like the same thing has happened to Atlanta. You know, they're trying to take the black out of Atlanta. And a lot of places, you know, I don't think that it's possible to completely just eradicate the, all, the entire culture of Atlanta. Because black people, we learn, we adjust, we grow, we change. But I think that this is an ultimate lesson with the changing of Atlanta. Black people understand how to build and how to prepare. We done built cities before. You know what I'm saying? We It ain't like we ain't never had built independent cities. Mm. But now we know how to fortify ourselves. Can I put some season a little differently? Go, where the Lowry's at? I got some Lowry's. <laughs> I got some Wishikisha sauce. <laughs> some Wishikisha sauce. <laughs> so I'm going to do different with this one. And I may seem weird, but just follow me. I'm walking in a circle. <laughs> you said that we built the city. Mm-hmm. And what I just thought about was segregation and integration. Yeah. Segregation, segregation is the forced separation of the inferior by the superior. Mm-hmm. Black folks, y'all get y'all it's over there. We're going to stay over here. Uh-huh. We do the same thing in our homes, you know, mm-hmm. as a parents. You're going to eat when I tell you to eat. You're going to sleep in that damn room. And you're going to do what I tell you to do what I want you to do because we are the spirit that the inferior. Integration is supposed to be the mixture of the suppression, integration is the suppression of a culture. So when you bring cultures together, you're suppressing the cultures in order to combine under a new structure or cultural way of doing things. Mm-hmm. So when Atlanta was developed, <clears throat> Atlanta was forced into development because white folks said when man Manet Jackson came into office. F y'all, we're leaving. You niggas think y'all got it? We're going to, the white flight. <laughs> the great white flight. flight. They yep. went from Atlanta to Alpharetta mm-hmm. to Gainesville and everything else. Uh-huh. And when they did this, this created the forced opportunity for us to develop as we are today. Mm-hmm. But what they thought was going to happen was like what they did, I think, in D.C. or we may have been Detroit, when the it was going to be a total collapse, right? When they took the, the 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 economic power out of the city and moved it into the outskirts, the city collapsed. But Atlanta said, "No, no, 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 no. We got this. We innovated. Give me five minutes. I'll be back." <laughs> <laughs> so what happened? We innovated. We innovated. You, Man of Jackson. I mean, y'all have to study the history of Atlanta. Like, Atlanta is beautiful. We've been having a black mayor for 60 years plus. Like, come on. You don't on. see that nowhere. That's nowhere. Nowhere. That, that's awesome. 
We didn't, you ain't never had a black mayor. This is why I like that man. I love that man's history. He wanted to experience. Let, let me step back. I love that man. So when you go read his story, he talks about how he had to come up and develop. If you all look at the man in his older years, he just looked like a light skinned black man. But in his younger years, he just looked like a white man with some dark hair. What that man did was he became a salesman and he went around selling and made a lot of money, but he did it under the guise of, they thought he was a white man. So he just said, fuck it, I'm gonna run with it. <laughs> you think I'm a white man? I ain't gonna say nothing. I'm gonna get out here and get this money with y'all. So he starts selling, gets his money. He takes the knowledge and experience that he got from doing that. Now let me take this into developing a city. I understand how you all deal and grow and everything over here. I come into the city of Atlanta. I'm from the suburbs. I really don't know the hood. What I'm going to do, I need to find out the city of Atlanta. I'm going to go spend a weekend in the hood. This man goes, has videos of all this stuff. I think it was in East Atlanta, Manor. He spends the weekend over in the hood. He goes in someone's home and spends the weekend with them so he can understand the city. And what our people are going through, then he says, okay, I'm going to go ahead. and Get me out of here. <laughs> Get my limo now. <laughs> That's some bullshit. <laughs> he takes that experience and he grows and grows and grows. He, he sets the foundation that helps Atlantis start to develop. That we don't need you. We want you. But if you don't want to be a part of this, we're going to make this happen. We got it. <laughs> we got this. So online the other week, there's this uh, that, that uh, coach from South Georgia, I don't know if you got to see it, who's driving around talking about, the, the y'all can have Atlanta. It's niggas all on the corner. <laughs> you look at the sign. Nigga on the sign. Nigga, nigga this, nigga that. I'm like, yes, this is us. Come on up here. Experience some of this Southern hospitality. And if you don't want to experience the Southern hospitality, you can experience the Southern hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like, we are a family down here. And this is what I yeah. like about Atlanta. Is yeah, this is so. We have, by forced design, Atlanta developed into Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We went from nigga city to black Atlanta to Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We are a $300 million plus city. We have a fabulous airport that came out of the mind of that black man who was the first black mayor. Mm -hmm. That's him. That's not every, that's mm -hmm. not, you can't say, I think it's uh, 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 Governor Smith, whatever the white man's name was, no disrespect to him, I just don't know the man's name. It wasn't his idea. That's why it bears his name, Hartsfield Jackson. Right. It's yeah, that dude, Hartsfield. <laughs> but Jackson's name is on the airport because, yeah, you, the other dude started it, but Maynard said, man, we can take this and hmm, we can make this something right here. Exactly. That is the busiest airport in the world. Exactly. And the runways were laid, foundations laid by black folk. All this. So if they can pave, uh, if they can pave garage, uh, 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 what what was carports and garage? They can pave a runway, you know. And it, it's funny because hip hop is almost how almost has the same story in the sense of where 
music is taken from you. Mm-hmm. You can take the bare bones or something and take what's left or take all that you have and create the world with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're known for. And <clears throat> hip hop is actually has the story of Atlanta because now that it's popping, now that it's shining, now everybody wants it. Now everybody wants the city. And now everybody want to take us out of it. You know, same thing with hip hop. They want to take, they're tainting what we have built. And they make the example of the, the, the people who are not worthy, people who weren't a part of it. Mm. People, they take the worst among us and say, hey, this is who it is. This is Atlanta. This is hip hop. They take the worst. And then they introduce their own people. They say, okay, well, let's move them out of this. Let's move them out of. I remember when they uh, start uh, shutting down all the black clubs. And hmm. I remember hmm. when they took the vendor's license away from all the black people in underground. Yeah. And they had the final four that weekend. Yeah. And they I used history that. behind that one too. What was that? Cause we, we were there. We were there. <laughs> so I, I, I got to hold the final four trophy. I could give you history behind Super Bowl. Did the same thing with this. What they do is again, these are all keys for my father. That's why I love this man. He has been instrumental in a bunch of behind the scenes fighting on stuff. So when these big companies are coming to the city of Atlanta, why are they coming? They're coming because it's Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's like, why are you buying that Maybach? Because it's a damn Maybach. Exactly. But when you get, but well, I like the Maybach, but we don't want the sign. We don't want the interior to look the way that way. So we want you to take all that stuff out. But we want the car, but we don't want all the other stuff. You're buying it because it's a total. It's the sum of the total that you're going for. Mm-hmm. That one part, if you take it away, it's no longer it's the no same longer thing. What it is. So when you take blacks out <clears> of the city of Atlanta, Atlanta is just damn near California, Detroit, New York. It's not the same thing. It's just right. another city. But it is the spirit, the culture, the the, the genetic coding that we've put inside mm-hmm. this city that makes it what it is. So when the Super Bowl came to Atlanta both times, when the Final Four came to Atlanta, the people who are over these companies said that we don't want that vagrant Negro shit walking around because when we're bringing money to your city, we don't want our people to see that stuff. Uh And I'm careful how I say these because I love the folks who were in charge both times. Everyone capitulated. Said we're okay. All right, cool. So we'll find ways to the licenses expire. How about licenses expire all exactly. of a sudden? Everybody at one time, <laughs> or well, in order to get, well, we have to we've created a special license for that weekend, mm-hmm. and in order to vend that weekend, you have to get a special license. Hold on, I've had this booth for ten years right here. All of a sudden, I have to get a special license mm-hmm. to hold my same booth for one weekend. So as a result, then these people come into town and the black folks who are making the money here, mm-hmm. they don't get it. They take that same black folks. Y'all got to go stand over there in the corner for the weekend while y'all see all these millions of dollars are being made. We're not going to give any of our inventory, which is our merchandise, our paraphernalia, none of the stuff that we give away to all the general market merchants. We're not going to give it to you. 
you urban market merchants, you all have to go ahead and figure something else out. Just stand over to the side. Give us a few minutes. We'll be done with it. And then we're going to continue the business going on. But the disrespect of it is that you came here for what reason? You didn't come to Atlanta because Atlanta was just another city. Hell, you could have went to Phoenix, Arizona. Exactly. You, you came here because of the culture of the city. The the hip hop that's here. Exactly. You you take all the the entertainment that's here. Yeah. All all those it's the black folks. We're, I'm not gonna be politically correct. It's the black <laughs> atmosphere. Let's let's stop the bullshit. Let's stop the bullshit. Come on. Because honestly, you don't go to the aquarium to see the tank. You go to see the fish. <laughs> and see, that's the problem. What's going on with hip hop? And we that's the problem down. that's going on with Atlanta and most cities. That's going on. You taking the culture out of it. You know what happens when you take the people out of a city, we call them ghost towns. I know. Because here's the thing. When you take a thing out of itself, right? Let's take that same thing. We go to the aquarium. You take out all of what made it what it is and just put in goldfish. Ain't nobody coming to see no goldfish. We're going to see some goldfish this weekend, y'all. You understand what I'm saying? It's nothing special about it. You understand what I'm saying? The fact that black people are special. Let's stop bullshitting. We have invented everything. We have, it's not just, oh, okay, well, back in the day, we invented the cotton gin. No, we invented the modern world, period. There is no modern world without black people. And what's special about it, it's coming from the innovation of black Americans. Now, everyone else, they go, oh, well, we did that. No, the hell you didn't. Because everything that you've done has piggybacked off of what we have done. And what's the beauty of it is we're the most suppressed, the most oppressed, the most... We shouldn't be creating anything. And honestly, with our legacy, we shouldn't even exist. Everyone else has died out. They've been eradicated. They've been euthanized. They can't figure out why they haven't killed us off yet. Because we roaches, damn it! <laughs> will not kill us! <laughs> and it's like, you know, whenever they give us, they say, oh, we get, people say, oh, well, life give you lemons, we make lemonade. No, we created the lemons. Life gave us limes. We created lemons. <laughs> and then we made lemonade. You understand? They, they destroyed everything about us. And some us. lemon pie to go along with it. So, you, Atlanta was an abandoned city. With all of the financial resources, take it. White people get up and they left. They left. And out of that, we created a thriving culture, a thriving city. There were millionaires here in Atlanta. There's still millionaires. There are billionaire blacks here. And we've created so much things. And they'll say, we, 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 yes. And there's so much that has been done to create our downfall. For instance, they just got rid of the boys and girls clubs, right? Mm -hmm. Now, we know that if you have idle teenage kids that don't have no jobs, workshop. that don't have nothing to do, we know what happens. Mm -hmm. But when you go into the suburbs, into the white neighborhoods, they have programs for children. All day. They, have, they took those things away from us. And the thing is, people say, oh, well, you, you have this. There's no concerted effort to take things away from the Asian community. There's no concerted effort. They don't have a government. They don't have a cons a conspiracy against them now because they sure enough did. They sure enough did do that against the Asian community. They don't have where people are saying, you know what, let's take all of the Arabs and we're going to take their businesses. We're going to put all of their signs behind buildings. We're going to uh, do bad business practices with their banks. Can I interrupt you? Them. Yeah, go right in. I don't want to say it like that, brother. That's disrespectful. 
<laughs> Why is that? Because to say that they let, or you said they they don't have a no. You said say it again. They don't design programs to take away. What it is is they design things to suppress blacks. So let me finish with that one. The other nationalities, yeah, don't allow that shit to happen. Well, the thing is, they don't have a government designed to do it. No, 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 no. Oh, you talking about outside of America? Outside. Oh, of I'm it. talking about in America. These other so these other nationalities. You ain't. So here's the thing. Go ahead. Look, look at it like this, right? They were put in the position against us. Asians have so many businesses in our neighborhoods and and other ethnic groups right. because it was designed that way. Right. They can't. They're not going to open no business in white neighborhoods because they can't. They will not give them businesses there. They won't. They won't approve those loans. They will come against everything they do in their own places. But they have to come into because why? Because it's to suppress us. It's to suppress us. But I'm also going to the fact of like go every fucking country, every city in America. Yeah, you will find a Chinatown. Mm-hmm. And someone you find a German and uh-huh. Italian. Uh-huh. You will find Hispanicville, USA. Uh-huh. You will find even some Indian parts. Uh-huh. But you will never find a black part. Why? Because we don't allow ourselves. To, we won't come together. Well, this will talk about the let part. I mean, we don't have, they don't have, you know, what Asians do have. There are, is a little history. There's a bit of history of them being suppressed. And but everybody got a suppression all the way around. Concentration, but it's not an ongoing on like black people that built cities and we were drowned and massacred. Killed. Black people that built cities, we had communities that were thriving and we were blown to the Stone Age and built again. This has happened countless times. The only times that we read about, we know the 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 60 communities that is on record. Mm-hmm. But there are places that we don't, there's certain fruits that literally are grown from the nourishment of dead black bodies that people don't touch in certain parts of the country. Country, Florida, got a bunch of them that I heard about. And see, what there's no history of, and then it still goes on to this day. We still have uh, uh, certain things with fair housing that is directly against us. There's right. c- certain business practices that people just like what you explained with uh with when the Final Four came here and with uh Super Bowl came here. There's no concerted effort to that goes on right now in modern times that we're going to do this to suppress Asians. But see, this is, so you, so this when is, this you're is, going with oh. that trauma, generation after generation of building being destroyed, building being destroyed, building being destroyed. And so when black people get together, there's a DNA, an innate feeling of, oh man, when we do this, even the way black people talk, a lot of times when we talk about things like this, the fact that we got quiet, I said, man, let me tell you about this, that, and the other. Because they're always I hate that, listening. Little, that, I hate that shit. But that's innate. That's innate in this. White people don't do that. White people don't have to worry about... White people don't take an effort. And let, me, let me be careful of what I name my child. There's still sundown towns in, in America. To this White day. people don't worry about what, what place not to be in at night. When you travel outside of Atlanta, you can get killed at night. You travel around Georgia, you travel around Alabama, you're in the wrong place, you can get killed being there. 
Yes. That's something that white people don't worry about. They don't worry about somebody. And I'm going to tell you, people say, oh, well, if I go to a dangerous neighborhood, that's bullshit. Because they are not, white, white people are not afraid to gentrify dangerous neighborhoods. They ain't afraid to run through your neighborhood at they 2 o'clock the in the run. fucking morning. They will do, when a white person, when white people take over your neighborhood, they do what's called a conqueror's run. And they survey the land that they have just colonized. That's it. So that shows you how dangerous that they think we are. They're in the worst neighborhoods. People get killed. People know they're not gonna touch them white folks. Well, and I know this, and I agree with you all the way because I got some friends in low places <laughs> who would tell me when they, you know, grew up doing this stuff. It was like, man, you know, we we do certain things, but you knew straight up it was like a, a uncommon law. Yeah, don't touch that. Yeah. Because if you touch them, you're getting the time. Oh, yeah. You touch one of us, you get in, you get out, you probably go three, four times before they actually do something to you. Yeah. But you touch them one time. Oh, it's, it's over. It's over with you. It's over. And it's because, and this going back to my definition or the definition I was using about segregation, integration, um, and, and separation, is that this, we were the most productive group of people when we were separated. Yeah. Even though it was forced separation, it was for our own good, because when we st- when we were separated, we had our own bus systems, we had our own gas stations, hotels. We had banks, hotels. We were a city within a city. But when you talk mm-hmm. about the bombing, you go back to road, not Rosewood, um, out there, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. um, the ones Tulsa, Oklahoma. We have these experiences over and over, over and, and over, over again. And over yes, again. and we re, we duplicate. It is a duplication because it's the same thing, but we do it on a bigger level over there mm-hmm. each time that we do it. But why are we going through this? Yes, some group of ignorant individuals decides to come do this. Yeah. And it is very fucked up that we, excuse me, I'm trying to be nice, but this is very passionate right here. It's very, <laughs> right. <laughs> We're going to start using that. It is very messed up that. I have to be more politically correct because, you know, Muslim, we have to be very astute. No one might use my words against me in the future. So kick rocks. Anyhow. (laughs) But it it has to be said because here's the thing. We know it's not all white people, but it's enough of them to be dangerous. The time of Trump's presidency showed you that. Man, come on, bro. When when you people are in lockdown and black people are getting killed just because. It's, and it wasn't the fact that black people were getting killed by police officers. Regular people were going around slitting black women's throats, beating beating children. People were being mistreated. And there were questions to Trump as when is it time to kill the black people? So that, And there were enough people who were voting for him in a detrimental way because they were fundamental racist. So that let me know, I can't, You have to protect yourself. As a black person, you have to protect yourself. Yes, I know there are good people all over the place, but we have to understand that we are at war with those who do not like us that have power. So that becomes the next question. Mm -hmm. This is one I want to dive into now. Again, thank you for coming into the studio today, brother. (laughs) (laughs) Who are having some free time. You know what? Press the record button. See how this goes. So, um, (laughs) cut those conversations again. We We have conversations. Free Nick to this. (laughs) (laughs) The matriculation of Atlanta. Uh, Anyhow, so um, dealing with. God damn, where I was going with this one. 
Um, no, wait, fuck it. Never mind. Um, the development of the city's growth. No, wait, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, it is. It you have to understand what you're doing as a person. You know, whether you're black or white or anything, but we are black men. We have our experiences. And there are people out there who would deny your experience. I had a, a neighbor and I was telling her what it's like being black. And she was in such admiration of me, you know, serving my country and, you know, uh, the, and oh. how eloquently I speak and everything like that. And I said, and I have these experiences as well. You know, I have family that are legendary in the police department. One of my cousins was the first female black officer in Henry County. I'm Walton County, I'm sorry. I'm in Monroe. But people don't understand that's history. That's something to be proud of, of an achievement that you have. But what people don't understand is we deal with stuff too. And people would discount your actual experiences as if it's not valid. Like here I am, a, 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 I've been a minister. I've been a teacher. I've been a cultivator. And right when I was getting leaving Clarkston, we were leaving Clarkston. My wife gets pulled over. Young white cop was ready to kill me and my mama. And we're just returning to our home from another country. We were contracting in the Middle East. And I felt more of a human being in a foreign country than the country that I protected, that I was willing to lay my life down. When I got deployed, I said, okay, as a person that's deploying, I'm willing to risk my life for my country. And my country is willing to kill me because of what color that I came in. And this isn't the first experience that I've had almost getting shot by a cop. And it's not just, oh, it's a cop. No, what it is, is the mindset of when a white person sees a black person, because we're not in control of our image. When they see me, they don't see who I am. They go, oh, I don't see color. Well, you're missing the best part of me. I'm proud of being black. Say that again. People who say, oh, I don't see color. You're full of shit. The best part of a painting is the colors that it's that it's done in. You heard this man drop a jewel like that. Y'all, y'all didn't pick that up. <laughs> bear, bear. Right, right. I said, I said drop that. But yeah. you know, <laughs> it, it, it's crazy to me because people people say that. And I was telling her, like, look. A cop almost gave my, almost took my life, and my mother's like, my mother is is a senior citizen, and we walked up, and it wasn't, we didn't walk up with any malice. I said, hey man, you know, I know, I know how it is, you know, but you know, that's my wife. So is it anything? We were just following each other with the stuff that we were moving, and he back the f up, back the f up. He pulled his gun, and I'm like, hey, we're, we're not, you, I don't know what what. You don't have to do that. You're, you're breaking every protocol. Please grab your superiors. And thank God his superiors were black. They had to take him off. They said, okay, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. You know, I had to explain what was going on. I said, hey, I told him, you don't have to do that. We, we approached him with all respect. Respect. That we, do. we stayed back. And he still, because it wasn't a cop. What it is, and people, people say, oh, well, every time they do this, that, and the third, it's because of what's ingrained in their mind. Because of the imagery that we're no longer in. There's a status quo to paint us in the most negative light ever. There's so many movies that depicted us 
throughout our history mm-hmm. of the first movie. <laughs> what's, what's the name of that um that they showed at the White House? The very first movie. Uh, uh, the, the the one that they made they re- remade it with Nat Turner and yeah all yeah yeah uh, not something Union I don't know I was talking about the uh, one with the KKK and all that. yeah yeah I mean all these movies have depicted us of even when you talk about you go into the Indian countries they do all these blackface movies mm-hmm. they either depict us as buck dancing bootlicking entertaining. Or some violent individual who's out there to take over and beat their women. Mm-hmm. So with this mindset in their mind, it's been planted seed after seed after mm-hmm. seed after seed. So that when you see a black man, you don't see the color. They're that bullshit again. You don't see birth. human being. You don't see human being. You don't see you value. See a nigga. Yeah. You, you don't see this caricature. You see what you saw in the picture, mm-hmm. and before that gets to me, let me get to it. Exactly. So that's why you know, when we were talking about a few minutes ago, I'm going to double back. When I said, people said, well, I, I don't like that. I don't like the title, The First Black, mm. because we are in 2023. Ain't it sad that we still have the that first That we still have the first black. And this, the first that. And the first that. And you and as, as a child, some child is sitting up here looking is like, what the hell? How's it 2023 and we just got the first black this person and the first black that person? The first black grocery store. And- right. The first, How was this still? Ha- what have you been doing all this time? And it doesn't put the real depiction or the real understanding behind why this is the first exactly. black. Well, that's a racist ass town. And we've been we've been applying for this position for fifty years. damn years, for decades. But they didn't want to do it until oh, well, it's now the hip thing. So it also goes to this, this thought. I was talking about this with you the other day. That first of all, I am Muslim again. I love America. Let me get that out. And that's what that's a, it, it's it's like having, <laughs> I want to get that. What it's, it's like having a toxic relationship, right? You know, it's it's like. It, what's crazy is pe- when you have these conversations, people think they don't realize the love that you have for your country and your fellow countrymen. Right. It's like having that uncle that, that just won't do right. That brother that's, uh, that, that, that can't sister, get right. That's your that, name, that boy. Still want, I love you, but stop doing the drugs. Right. <laughs> stop beating on your wife. Right. And, it's, and my thing is, if you are my fellow countrymen, we're citizens of this country. And people say, oh, well, if you don't like it, look, we're citizens. Don't right? tell me to leave. I no, no it, it's, it's just like you run a country like you do a family, right? Mm-hmm. Now, what I'm glad that we have people who are coming to their senses and seeing this. Because if my father treats me well, but he's raping my sister, he's not a good father. If he murdered my brother, he treats me well. He does this, but I can see what he's doing to my other family members. Mm. But he's not all bad. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? That picture, say, I love how you did that. You know, I I, I paint with uh, Crayola crayons every now and then, but my <laughs> brother used pastels painting. Use <laughs> <laughs> the oil base. oil base painting when he does this. And I, and I like that the fact that we try to paint pictures because it's the clarity of it. And the way you just described that is very beautiful because... We deal with men, 
as the head of the house, the house is a reflection of you. Mm -hmm. It's not always a reflection of the wife. Mm -hmm. It's a reflection of you. And if the head of the house is being an asshole, everyone else would be an asshole. And if the head of the house is what you're saying, disrespecting members of the house, at some point, the rest of the house starts to disrespect the other members of the house. Exactly. So if we have not, from the top down, had a control system that's beneficial for everybody in this development, it's not been something that's going to work for all of us. So when you start talking about why we as blacks are acting a certain way, why white folks are acting a certain way, well, the head of the house has been doing what? You've created laws that have systematically messed up black folks. And even, the three strikes you're out. Come on. Even with the laws, the culture of the thing that's happened, the culture of suppression. And see, that's what people don't talk about is past laws have created a culture. So now there's an unwritten rule. Like black people don't have laws in the way that we act. But long ago, we did. Mm-hmm. Long ago, we had we had laws and moral codes. So now in the South, there was laws in what you could do and what you couldn't do. You Mm -hmm. couldn't leave a person on the side of the street. You couldn't have, there were laws that we had and that we lived by. Mm -hmm. And those laws, those laws about, it became a part of our culture. And the same thing that were laws in the United States, it became a part of this culture to suppress people who were of color. Mm. And the color that they focused on was black. I started there at the top. And so people always want to want to tiptoe and ballet, uh, ballet around what it is. It is what it is. They suppressed blacks. They killed blacks. They tortured blacks. And they did it for generations. And so it became a culture. It became an unsaid, unwritten, ingrained thing. To, they, they, they did a study with whites in America. When they see black people, the part of their brain that registers them as human does not activate. The part of their brain registers as objects. And you see it in the culture. When, when black people walk down the street, they don't move. They walk through you. And so those things have to be untaught out of you. Now, there are those, there are great people around the world. I, I, I work for a very prestigious organization mm, and you. I meet great people who are of every color, every race. And they have, you have to be taught. That's why the love of God, people, people, it's more than the love of God. It's the actions. You have to, you, if you want to do something right, you have to be actively taught. You have to be taught to love yourself. Symbol with no substance, brother. You understand what I'm saying? So those who are active, that, trust me, when, when we were doing the black whole uh, uh, protect black people, our time in 2020, there were plenty of white churches out there. Like there were, matter stuff? I don't even want to call that because okay. people take it as an organization. Gotcha. When people were protecting blacks and standing up for our rights, because what, what people have to learn is if you want to say that everyone's lives matter, so when you see a certain person or a certain group of people like black people being mistreated, then you should say, you know what? Your life needs to matter. You are the focus. And see, when people hated that phrase and they would say all lives matter, but they don't say the same thing when we say stop Asian hate. 
Because Ooh. we know Asian people are the focus right now. We're all, everybody else is good. So let's focus on our Asian cousins. Let's focus on our Asian sisters, our Asian brothers, our Asian countrymen, because they need to be protected at this time. When we look at the, the LGBTQ plus community, when people are mistreating them, they say, okay, let's stop everything because they need to be focused on right now. They are being oppressed. But when people hear the word black, oh my God. Now it's, oh, now, why do we focus it on them? Why? Well, right. Well, the thing is, we're your countrymen too. We're your brothers. We're your sisters. We're your cousins. We're your mom. We're your aunt. We have to have that same focus. When you see, when you see, an oppression, a misdeed, an evil being done. Mm -hmm. It's being done to us all. Because when when we're gone, who else you think they're coming at after? They put this blanket thing on white. White don't mean what you think it mean. Because at one point, you weren't white. You, were, you know you're Italian. Ask your grandmama. Ask your granddaddy how they used to treat you when you first came over here. And the covers off you people. Ask, Come on. You, you're Norwegian. Ask who you, they, they, you know what, they, they blanketed you because there's no such term as white when you get over to your country. They're looking at you like, what is that? Ask Ukrainians. They're not white. Ask Russians. They're, they're not, not white. white. More specific, take your ass to Boston. <laughs> I like Boston. Shout out to all my Bostons. Go to Boston. If you think that you white, are you okay? Walk your ass around Boston. Yeah. When you walk around you will see the differentiation or the separation. You're Italian. If you're Irish. You're Irish. You're Sicilian. It, even that smart Italian. Yeah. The separation comes very quick. Take your, go over there. But the thing is, it's so much beauty in your culture. It's beautiful to be Irish. Oh, it is. It's beautiful to be African. It's beautiful to be Native American. We don't need a soup. We need a salad. I want to know that I'm eating lettuce. I want to know that I'm eating tomato. I want to know that I'm eating, you know. I want the different it, textures that have arrived. Because that's what, make it what it that's is. That's what it is, bro. the beauty. But like you said, I like you said the, the soup. <laughs> because the soup allows you. I remember this one, one teacher of mine was like, when, uh, you know, we as black folks, we go through stuff. And she said when uh, she was joking with my mother, and they don't know I heard them that day. She was like that. You know, when we, um, when, the food is low. I make garbage soup. <laughs> <laughs> everybody who black, everybody's been through something. Excuse me, that's black. You know, garbage soup is when you mix everything, everything. in the house and put it into a soup and put some right seasoning put it on in it. And it just tastes well because everything going in there. But you don't know what's in the soup. And you don't, and you're not able to, I don't say differentiate, discern. but discern what's good in it and how it's helping the body. But like you said, that salad. Me, me, I prefer a nice meal. I want the rice. I want the salmon grilled. I want the salad. I want the green beans. But that plate, when it comes together, the array makes it beautiful. And this is going back to what we always, this is how I say people walk with us. We talk in circles, but we, we, we're painting a bread <laughs> trail to go right back. <laughs> we wrap around this corner. We're coming back to the city of Atlanta mm -hmm. because the bread trail coming back here is that what? Atlanta is comprised of everything. Mm -hmm. And everybody. But we are black first here. Mm -hmm. And there's no disrespect to nobody else. But 
Atlanta has been made Atlanta because of the 60 years of black leadership. Now, behind the black leadership, there is some white empowerment. I'm not mm-hmm. going to lie to you and don't let nobody lie to you. It is white folks running this place behind the scenes on a everyday basis. But it is the black folks that are in front that are representing the city, that are putting things in place, that are keeping stuff structured in the way that they are, that you say, I like Atlanta. Mm-hmm. But when you take away that 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 blackness, what do you have, like you said? You got that uh that potato salad with them raisins in it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It's it's like if I take the season out of your food, it's bland. And that's what 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 people don't understand is that don't take the seasoning out of your food. And the thing is, people go, well, you know, I like soup. I like things mixed together. Yeah, but let's say you go to a five-star restaurant. Let's say you go to any restaurant. And you say, oh, I like things mixed together. I'm going to take your meat, and I'm going to put it down in your plate. I'm going to take that uh, that salt off the table, and I'm going to put that down in your plate. I'm going to take your drink, and I'm going to put that down in your plate. I'm going to take that ice cubes, and I'm going to put that down in your You're doing too yeah, much. That's, that's, that's smart, forced. That's not something that was created for your betterment. That's something that was forced. And so that's the difference. Because to get these things separate, but together they make a meal. But if I throw everything that I was going to feed you all in one bowl, I haven't made a meal. I've made a mess. You've made slop. I've made it. Exactly. You're looking at a pig now. You see what I'm saying? So there's one thing. It's just like if I go to your medicine cabinet, and you have, let's let for those natural healers. If I if I go to your healing cabinet, right? Mm. Those things are gonna heal your body, and I give it to you, right? It can heal you, but if I take everything and put it all into one batch, it can kill you all day. And so that's what we're dealing with in, in Atlanta. It's great to be together, but some things that are forced are not meant to be, and you can destroy what it actually is. So separation. Is a good thing. It's like we talked about a few episodes back. You don't have the club open all day long. Yeah. <laughs> it gotta close. Yeah. And when it closes, it's your opportunity to go reassess, clean up, doing everything. So too often, or what was going on now, we're trying to force this thing to happen mm-hmm. instead of just, hey, you know what? And it happen organically. Let's just come together. You know, the thing about Atlanta, like I was, um, shout out to my boy, uh, I think it's Anthony Lewis, the city councilman. He made a comment the other week about how um, the city of Atlanta, police officers, people are upset because the police officers are working after hours doing clubs. And it was a bunch of um, interlopers, and I'm not saying just, any color interlopers, meaning anybody who's now moved into the city at this point, who are making comments of oh, police officers. And I really hate this police against police thing. Like that, that's yeah. another conversation. Like y'all need, to, anyhow, so let me go, let me stick on where I'm at. So they were having issues with the city of Atlanta, police officers working after hours in clubs, bars, and restaurants. And I had to go on this page and said, that is a, that's an Atlanta way. We've been doing that for the longest. It only stopped under the Bill Campbell administration for various reasons. But the reason, again, going back to what made Atlanta Atlanta, is that the reason why Atlanta was always safe 
was because when you went to a club or a restaurant that or a venue, it was a police there. officer standing at the front door. So you knew automatically, oh, don't come with that bullshit. <laughs> because don't start none. No one be none. Right. He's standing at the door, even if he's the smallest officer. Like I shot remember the red dogs. Uh-huh. The red dog, oh, come on, six foot two plus. Like I guess that was their like minimum. All 300 pounds. If you saw one of them anywhere at any plot, you know you good. Yeah. Because they're not gonna play with you. But what happened is again, you start trying to force new ways and doing things. And then as you're coming to the city and we're trying to get back to things that really were actually developmental and helping very instrumental in helping keep the peace. Oh, we don't want to do that. Well, listen, 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 in your city, that may not have worked. This city had worked. It's totally different. And you can't go to culture. Like I tell people, you can expect you out of someone else. I can't expect me out of you. So in a relationship, I do it like this. Well, she don't do that. <laughs> well, I get up at five o'clock in the morning and pray and I go work out. Well, your boyfriend may not. He may like to sleep into about seven o'clock. He don't like to work out. He like to eat and drink beer all day. You can't expect you him out of you. to some common ground. Right, right, right. So we have to understand where we are. And the city of Atlanta ways is what made Atlanta beautiful and the reason why you want to come here. Yeah. So don't try to bring your city's aspect of, oh, this is how we do things in the North. Well, the North is the North. And y'all cold and it's it's uh, it's concrete jungles, as you all call yourself down in New York. And I love New York, so I'm not talking about it. But literally. The atmosphere and the culture. You all call yourselves a concrete jungle. You've never heard Atlanta say anything about a concrete jungle. Yeah. We have beautiful trees growing we everywhere. Fields. We got <laughs> fields. We have... Uh, a pollen. <laughs> Damn. Oh God. <laughs> that's not pollen. That's Death Star. <laughs> Those are Death the... Dust. <laughs> Walking around Atlanta. You mess around. Anyhow. Go back in the house. Orange. <laughs> Agent Orange is walking around this mug. But Atlanta's ways is Atlanta's ways. Yeah. And you can't, it's like being a what do you call it? The parents that join together. What do you call them? Uh, a, a combined family, mixed family, or I think they call them mixed families, or uh, something like that. Uh, One of the words. When the parents, yeah. you marry someone, and the y'all... Brady Bunch. Well, you have the two families coming together. They need a dictionary. <laughs> they need a where they Google at? <laughs> um, when the families coming together, blended families. blended families. That's that what we both got at the same time. <laughs> blended families. When blended families come together, you discover that. You have to be, whatever you did in your family, you can't do with the other family. Yeah. Like that father who was a starch disciplinary and blah, 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 and your children, ho, ho, ho. Well, you may meet your girl and she's beautiful for you, but she's been lackadaisical with her family the whole time. So the Brady Bunch coming together, you have to find ways to blend. And again, going back to the force, we're not blending we're forced. You're trying to come into the city and force your way into the city of Atlanta. It's like, that's not working. And if you don't see that, this is the problem, not just in Atlanta, in most cities. Yeah. Everyone is matriculating and moving in different diverse places. And California is leaving, going wherever they're going. It's, well, we did this back in California. Well, if that's how you did it back in California and you liked it so much, take your butt back to California. <laughs> they miss you. They miss you over there. <laughs> but you left California. Why? Because it's something about California you didn't want to be in no more. Mm-hmm. 
And you came here because it's something here that you wanted to see. So don't walk here into this house and say, well, I don't like the sky and the, 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 the ceiling and the walls because they're painting purple. And back in my place, we painted them pink. Well, go back to your pink. We like purple over here. You know, it's it's I, I see it happening organically, and I, I met a um, I met an older woman. Oh, and um, no, not not for a date or nothing like no, that. No, no, no. I'm talking about the divine knowledge <laughs> that they drop for you. Older women drop some knowledge on you. You have to just oh, yeah, sit man. there and be like, "Can I get some tea?" <laughs> I love to hear, and I love to adhere to wisdom mm. of the elderly, and we really need to go back to that because they would consult the elders because they had the wise knowledge they knew the way and she said you know what they, they, they can't get rid of us all niggas gonna have to leave I knew you about to say that <laughs> but black folks will stay and the thing is some things need to be eradicated come on let's brother. be real bro us black people alone cannot change things for the better because niggas and black folks are totally different if let's say you give everybody in Atlanta a million dollars. Somebody going niggas gonna rob somebody for that. Niggas million. gonna try to get yeah. You understand what I'm right. saying? And it's the same thing with the hood. When they gentrify the hood, if we would have come in and tried to do the same thing that they're doing with these neighbors, neighborhoods, they would have stole all your material out the yard. They would have been driving down your street, selling, you know, going right. at the dope man house right. with your with your stuff. They're not touching those white folks' stuff. And the thing is, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because black people are not the only ones affected. There are a lot of elderly people, there are white people who cannot afford where they were staying. It's not just a, a black and white, and that's the sad part about it. It's not just a black and white issue. It's multi-level, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are people, I know people who had 100% disability benefits from the VA that cannot afford where they were staying for the past decade. I know people who, who had a business and they went to... You know, they have people that they're responsible for and they can no longer afford it because they're being moved out. Their taxes are being raised. They're, everything is changing and they cannot keep with it because they're being strong-armed. There are people who are trying to develop places that they done bought and now they can't. And this white guy I met bought, bought a nice restaurant. He can't even get the, uh, the building approved because he's been, be been being beat out by other people who are not even a part of this country. There are foreign investors who are not U.S. citizens who are ruining the design of our country, and they're not, and they're doing it unchecked. It's major companies that are doing that to. So, if you look on news, you see these companies that now have went from buying buildings to now buying neighborhoods Good. to now they're buying mobile homes, and it's ridiculous. It's very much. It's so greedy that they're trying to reshape everything in their own way. It's fucking up everything. And, and the thing is, it should be unconstitutional. It is. And there's no... The thing is, it, it seems to me as if they're waiting for us to do what we got to do to make them stop. Because it's not going to stay like this. It's not going to be... America's known for one thing. We don't play that bullshit. Nah, all day. The citizens of America have always been 
not the ones to fuck with. Crispus Atticus. It don't matter in what time period it is. That's it. People wake up. Remember 9-11? So when 9-11 happened, what would have happened with any other country is for them to bow down. Not us. No. That was the most patriotic that I've ever seen. The country was beautiful. Everyone was brothers then. Oh, we were all family. So you take a vital part. The thing is... Except they, for Muslims. They didn't join in the family. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm getting at? When you take a vital thing, they took our fellow con- countrymen's lives. It wasn't no... They took the black folks away. They took it. They hurt everybody. Everybody. When you take an essential, food, water, shelter. Any one of those away. And the other thing is now they're going after finances. You, the American people, whether we're black, whether we're white, we ain't going to worry about TikTok. We ain't going to worry about no. all this bullshit. No. We ain't going to worry about no, 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 no Twitter. We're not going to worry about these distractions that they have. We're going to come and get ours and change ours. And the thing is, what people don't understand is they already got a contingency plan from that. They already have their hideaway place. They already have their, they fully expect us to do that. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? But what we have to understand is we are the power. The thing is, that's what's the funny part about it is we're a human family. Yeah, we have our mother root and, you know, everybody, but we're a human family. And in order to take care of ourselves, we got to take care of us. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. You put on your own mask before you help somebody else out. As we take care of ourselves, we have to really go back to our moral standards. And that's to go all the way back to Freak Nick, right? And to our other episode when we talk about regrets. When we're living a life of discipline and moral code, we can look at that and say, hey, that was our past, but we're in the today's present. We're looking at all the things that were done wrong. What can we do right? It's not not to go on a tangent about what's happened to black people. What can we do right now as citizens of Atlanta? How can we, how can we move better going forward? Now that you are part of our great city, now that you are an AT alien, welcome. We welcome you. We thank you for coming into the neighborhood. Now, now that you are a part of the culture, how can we advance forward? Because that elderly woman that, that dropped all that knowledge, she said, look, people are going to do what people do. They're going to smell that barbecue. We're going to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. They're going to pop them beers. No matter if you're black, white, Italian, Asian, Arab, mm-hmm. Muslim, Christian, Buddhist, spiritual, non-spiritual, atheist, we are human. And we're going to grow together. And we go, if we're going to be together, we might as well learn each other because we got way more in common than we do apart. And we can do way more with each other. And I don't mean to sing like it's kumbaya and all that, but we got to. We facing things that are bigger than our racial issues. Because whether you like it or not, let's look, with all the things that's going on, all the CEOs that are getting killed with digital currency, we got bigger things to worry about. But we have bigger things to worry about, but at the same time, we still got to worry about what's in our face. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the distractions. Mm-hmm. Like, I love this, this, this freaknik thing. We're going to tie this back still this one. 
But I remember my father was when I was having a discussion with him the other week, and he was talking about all of a sudden he said, "You know what? This ain't this ain't nothing but bread and circus." What the hell is bread and circus? Never heard it before. But he said, "What?" He said, "That's something that was taught to us when we were in school. Bread and circus is when that when there when a if you look up in history when a society is getting ready to fall, mostly a country like." Roman, whatever, but any society when it's getting ready to fall, what those in power start doing, feeding the people bread and circus. Yeah. Entertainment and politics as a distraction for whatever is going on because you're not focusing on it's a fire over here. Yep. But I'm dealing with TikTok, Instagram, the latest dance move, the music that's coming out, what happened on this show, Ooh, this, this, so that, pretty. that. So I'm not paying attention to the fire, and the fire is getting closer. That's oh, right. at the same time, well, I'm not. I'm worrying about well, this political, this these people fighting in the Senate. This law wasn't passed. Um, legislation, legislature, legislation. Excuse me, um, is not being put in the way we want. This deposition happened on this political president. This person getting locked up. Well, the fire is in front of me right now. But everything is going on as a distraction to keep you away from what's going on. Like it's. Right now, you know, they're dealing with the economy and the separation mm-hmm. of the American dollar. Mm-hmm. What they said, I saw some online talking about China and uh, Russia over there giving out chains like they started to start <laughs> a brand new uh, music <laughs> label. <laughs> they're giving out chains to each other because they're coming together and we're not even paying attention. Yeah. Like the fall of the American dollar is the, is the catalyst that changes everything. everything. That's a new world order right there. Right then and there. Right in your face. If you have first look up where the American dollar high got separated from the the United States government, and then they created the- um, Federal Reserve Bank. Right. That was literally unconstitutional. So then now they're saying, then the Federal Reserve Bank went out and started getting other countries for them to back their dollar. So- once that's all taken away, we're literally going back to square one. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, we're worse than square one because we're in debt. You know what? I'll take broke over debt anyway. Oh, any, any day. day. Look, if I have my bills paid for, I'm good. But when you owe somebody. Honey, come on, brother. <laughs> you and you broke and you owe somebody. Man, what you that is the about? worst feeling in the world. What and yes, I'm about? speaking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is the worst. Come on, bro. We... Bread you know, and circus, look it up. We, we don't ask the important questions. When did we authorize our representatives to purchase things that we could not afford? What are they purchasing? Where's And the other thing is there are trillions of dollars missing that have not been accounted for and no one's being held accountable. One thing that we know America care about is they money. That's it. Mess around and don't pay the IRS if you don't want to. They don't care what celebrity you are, how beloved you are. They getting their money. They getting their money. Period. And worst ones. Let me tell you something. People done killed folks. People done did all kind of stuff. And they don't do nowhere near the time. Al Capone went to jail for tax, tax evasion. evasion. And Nothing you need to tell me that our tax money is missing by the trillions? Ain't nobody went to jail. And we can't make an accountability for it. So money has been spent. Money has been missing. Look, we don't we don't track 
when you look at uh, 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 the stock market, they don't track pennies. They track percentages of pennies, fractions of, of a pennies. penny. Right. And you mean to tell me there's a whole trillion dollars gone? Like you say, men lie, women lie, numbers lie too. Everything, everything lies because the numbers are now being made in a way that's lying to someone. Mm-hmm. And at some point, you find out, hey, hold on. That one was not carried back there. They padding the book. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got Enron going on over here. What's they ain't carrying the one. <laughs> that yeah. one ain't carrying. That math ain't mathing right there. Wait a minute. Hold on. They carried the one back there. Hold on. Hold on. Go back this five steps. No, look, we ain't talking about periods. We talking about decimal points. <laughs> look. Somebody ain't doing they uh, uh calculations. Right. This, this is and I, I, I'm really glad that, that these discussions are being had because people are it's it's not that people are distracted. What the fear is is that people aren't. Because people are sharing things on social media. And whether you want to know or not, you're gonna catch a piece of it. But that's the point. The distraction. With the bread and circus. Mm-hmm. So the social media, I love social media because again, it gives you a way to be inundated by information. Yeah. But at the same time, it gives you a way to be distracted by too much information. Yeah. So I, I believe that there's beauty in the chaos, honestly, because there's no more control. None. There's no more control. You don't have, you, you're not being spoon fed by, by someone's company that calls themselves news. Come on, CNN. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We, we have a choice of different social media that we can look at, and you're not being fed an algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. That, that, that you, you, you're looking at different things, and people have to, they're being given so much information that, oh, man, you mean to tell me I have to use my brain to decipher information from truth? Yeah, and I'm loving it. Because it forces us to use things that we look. We're in a society where we don't remember people's phone numbers. I that means you understand what yeah. I'm saying. But we grew up. But Our parents had hundred people phone numbers in their head. In their head. So that what is that letting you know that they're dumbing us down? But what I love about it is now that you're being forced to think, because when no matter what, when you see something that opposes your Base thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Truth don't care who mouth it come out of. Not one. Don't care where it come from. Truth is truth no matter what. You have to deal with it. One thing when you, what they call it, cognitive dissonance. And that's a great thing when something shakes your foundation and beliefs. But the thing is, if you care about truth, if you don't want to live in a fantasy world, then it's good for you. Sometimes to heal, it's got to hurt. That's a quote from the Never Ended Story. (laughs) (laughs) Some things things have to hurt to heal. Because people people just, they they won't microwave so much. I just want it finished. No, you got to go through it. Not to it, but through it. One of my sayings is that if God bought you, if God bought you to it, he'll bring you through it, right? But the big thing I always have to tell people is that if God brought you through to it, mm-hmm. like they say, like 
T.I. was just doing his podcast, and he said that no weapon formed against you, pro- the, the Bible says no weapon formed against you shall prosper. But it didn't say no weapon to form. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we always want to, <laughs> it's going to be some stuff that's going to happen. You got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And most of us, we don't want to face head in the sand like the ostrich. Like the ostrich. And we just, and then we wonder why things are going on in our life. Mm-hmm. Why situations aren't working out. And it's really, when these situations are coming, it's for you to self-develop it and growth. When you rip that scab off, which is that blanket of safety, really, and stand up and say, let me figure this out. And that's that's what I love about being an American, because we have the choice to figure this thing out and to come together. We really do have that power. Yes, we do. And we have to understand that we are the country. You understand? There are heroes in government. Really are. There are heroes in these departments that people don't even know exist. They work tirelessly. It's not about the money for them. They work tirelessly because they are actual servants. There are people who give their life, their time, their development, their hair, their <laughs> he rubbing his head. You know what I'm saying? Their years to dedicate into bringing. And the thing is. For those who are trying to do the, who are doing their best for the country, we have to join them in it because there's good and bad in everything. In every organization, they have to be weeded out. That's it. You know, we have to understand what our fundamental thing is. What are, what are we trying to do? We're trying to, like, like, the, like that move, we're trying to pursue our happiness. But it's more than just our happiness. It's our development as Americans and as citizens and as human beings on this planet. As, as souls that have entered into this realm for this point and period of time, we have to do what is best for ourselves because we're the future that someone else prayed for. Someone else died for. Someone else who's currently sacrificing for it. There's a lot that goes on. Just like with uh, when we went back to Freaknet, there was mm. a lot going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. That you didn't know about. Same thing with, with Atlanta. There are things going on, people going on behind the scenes that they don't get any flowers. There's no certificates. There ain't no diamond chain. Nothing, <laughs> not at all. None of that. And But what it is, is they understand that it's bigger than them. It's bigger than what, what Black Diamond might say. It might be bigger than you. It might be bigger than me, but it ain't bigger than you and me. You <laughs> did. <laughs> And that's the thing. It's about you and it's about me. It's about the new Atlanta. It's about the old Atlanta. It's about the black. It's about the white. Because we have to get on the And one day. <laughs> Come on, Martin. Come on, brother. <laughs> but honestly, we have to. It's not one day. It needs to be today. That's it. We we can't put it, put a, oh, in the future. No, now. We have to work now. We have to understand now. And it starts with people say, oh, well, what are you doing? Well, I mentor. What are you doing? See, too, again, going back to, <laughs> again, we, we we point. And, you know, thank y'all for coming over again. This conversation we just start having. And uh, I, I'm looking at the time. We in the studio. So we, we <laughs> went over. So give us a couple more minutes. We done with this one. But 
people too often again with that pointing of the finger. Yeah. Them three pointing back to you is always the mm-hmm. is that that caveat that we want to look over. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, what you didn't do, what you didn't do. Well, brother, what did you do in the situation? Like they <laughs> say, like one of my things is when people always say, Well, I heard her say this to about you. I heard her say about this. But I was just well, what did you what say? What did you say? When she said that to you, she felt comfortable enough to say that to you. What did you say back to them? That's right. Because if you're supposed to be my partner, mm-hmm. they shouldn't even been comfortable enough to say it to you in the first place. But if they did feel comfortable because they was misled, you should have said something back to them. That's right. And we keep trying to look outside of ourselves for the answer. Again, this is, again, I love my city. Yeah. Uh, my city, we are a no holds bar. We don't take no <laughs> sh- We We don't care. Like, if something goes on, the the people in the city will hell. The mayor gets called out here. Man, what you talking? They about? don't care. The news. I, I know it's a lot of hate in with that one, but we will call anyone out mm-hmm. quickly and hold you responsible. And hold you responsible. You said you were going to do this on that day. You haven't done it. Why not? And you know, I love it because in our imperfection, it's beauty in it. Not saying that you're going to be per- perfect in whatever you're doing. But my thing is, you make it the best that you can. You know, make it the best that you can. If you've done wrong by the people in the city, make it the best that you can. Make it right now. You know, it, it, it's it's not up to us to be perfect, but it's up to us to be a willing vessel. To be a willing vessel to I'm be used willing. by God. That's a, you know, look at this brother. We, 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 we got stuff this. on us. You, you know, I'm gonna take you as it is. I'm going to quote Black Dynamite uh, again. <laughs> he said, look, a helping hand is a helping hand dirty or clean. Mm. <laughs> you understand mm. what I'm saying? Mm. If you here to help, I'll take your help. You know? Well, you know, Frick Nick, I'm going to start wrapping this up. <laughs> helping. Everything about Atlanta, the development of the systematic changes, the progression, the ups, the downs, the forwards, the lies, the murders, the stealing, everything, like you said, all of it's been something that has led to where we are now. Yeah. So don't let me say this wrong. Don't the, You interlopers and you carpetbaggers. <laughs> don't feel bad. I love you. I do. And this is not disrespectful when I say it. It's me just... You said speaking usefully. <laughs> so I love everyone who converts to the city of Atlanta because mm. this is not a melting pot. This is a sculpting table. Mm. And everyone that comes to this table brings something new. Yeah. And they say, change that on the pot. Make it a little more attractive. And that's the thing about the city of Atlanta. We are making it more and more attractive by the more people that come. Yeah. And the attraction is what makes another person wants to come. Yeah. Because when you come, you bring something else to the city and you say, hey, man, I like this. Maybe we should change it like this. Like even down to these national companies coming in and buying up downtown Atlanta and making all these sky, sky rises. Yes. At first, a lot of folks didn't like it. But it's making the city look different. More people are coming in. All right, cool. You're bringing something different. It's a beautiful thing. But the main thing I always want to stress in any situation, business, personal, whatever, when you blend, is the respect factor. Mm -hmm. 
And going back to Freak Nick itself, and going, we were still on the same subject of just Atlanta and everything. Freak Nick was originally student spring break, something like that. I, I can't remember the actual name of what it was called. But it wasn't something that we changed. Freak Nick became Freak Nick when the respect factor of the, the spring break was taken out of it. Yeah. And that's why... When the the, hood learned about it. Right. And that's why all the parents and the adults start having problems with Freak Nick. Yeah. Because it was a no respect factor. And and this is when we... Online, you have people talking about they're scared about what's going on on Freak Nick is because the documentary will show where there was a lack of respect for self at some point. Yeah. And you, many are now walking around as if they didn't do it. But at some point, the respect factor wasn't for yourself and say, hey, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like you said the other week, women love how you all do it. You have the freedom to do as you want to and be as you want to be. But the question then still is, why is of all things, you want to be that? You want to dress like that? What? You couldn't do anything differently that weekend or that day? Of all ways, you decide to represent yourself in these booty shorts and your titties out. All right, sister, we still going to respect you, but the question still becomes why? Why did you do that? So the respect and the why factor. Why are we making the moves we're making from 1986, I think is when it actually started, then when it got real big in 1994, through 1994 through 1997 was the impact and the big uh, pinnacle of Freak Nick here in Atlanta. Then it moved down to Miami and it died. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about Atlanta. When it leaves here, it dies. Because it's, again, going back to the culture and the sculpting table of Atlanta, is is something about Atlanta that just makes it Atlanta. I, I, I know it went down to Miami and, oh, it's on the beach, it's cute and everything, but it's still just Atlanta, it's just... It was what it was. It made it. It made you want to come here. Yeah. Super Bowl came here. You fighting with the black folks in the city, but everybody still had fun in Atlanta. Yeah. Final Four, y'all came here. It was whatever issues going on. Hey, we still coming back again. Ten, twenty years later, they back back at it here. Mm -hmm. Olympics, they trying to figure out how to get themselves back here. We got all these major things are. It's Atlanta. We're gonna come back in there. You know, you'll find a reason to come back. It's the why. The why is us. The black folks, the people in the city, however you want to make it colorful to say, it is us. So come on back. Come on, folks. Come on down home. <laughs> come on down. Come on down home. <laughs> Experience some of this cocktails and conversation while you're down here. This is a beautiful thing. I'm trying to tell you, like you're listening to it, share with your friend, you know, tune in. Give me two weeks, maybe three. When my father gets on here, I'm trying to tell you, that's going to be, it's going to go down. You will want to listen back two or three times because you're going to hear from spiritual development, business development, to just history that you didn't know. I call my father like a walking book because he knows too damn much at the time. <laughs> and we're going to be here. And after him, we'll tell you how this is going to work out. The idea for Cocktails and Conversation is to have the behind the scenes a lot of times when we have our guest of things that you may not have known. Oh, yeah. 
are things you may have known but didn't fully have a full understanding of. But we'll have different guests at least once a month. We're going to try to have a guest on here. And it'll be from politics to spirituality to business to some form of something. And each one is going to impart some knowledge on you that when they leave, when you get off the show, you're going to be like, damn, I like that show. <laughs> you're going to say, I learned it. I like, like that. I like that. So I'm lining up the guests. Let me be more correct. We are lining up the guests to make this a impactful show. We do not want to make this the same BS nah, that every know. other podcast is about. Again, we're not talking <laughs> sex. We may get into some forms of it at some point because I got somebody I want to bring in. Um, we're not talking debauchery. We did start originally talking about love and relationships, but that is just a minute aspect of everything. So we had to get off of that. And it became two black men God was saying two black men in the mic. <laughs> but because we're having more than two black men on here, so it's like that'd be very racist and sexist at the same time. So cocktails and conversation again, what we kept it with. The cocktail being a mixed atmosphere of the people who will be on behind the mic. And the conversation is a drink that you will drink in because through your ears, you become very fulfilled. And Tim with this nice sultry voice of his, <laughs> he would be singing every now and then. No, no. <laughs> Over here, prepared to be wed by the master. <laughs> Again, this is uh, the brother Yusuf Muhammad. It's Tim Hargrove Luba, the dark shadow light. Dark shadow light and Yam's creation, baby. We out here making things happen. Welcome to another episode of Cocktails and Conversation. We went a little bit long today, but you'll be all right. <laughs> you listen to the end anyhow. Be blessed. Thank y'all for tuning in. That's right. This is Tim Luba, Lubaris Hargrove. Cocktail Conversations. Tune in every Friday at 7 p.m. on all streaming platforms. Tell somebody about it.